Welcome inside to this week's edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. I'm Greg Steiner, your host. No Kyler Ludlow this week. He is out, and we certainly hope he is uh, feeling a little better under the weather this week. So uh, all by myself, kind of like the old days of the radio show, but we'll guide you through another edition here of the Eastern Insider Podcast your latest and greatest way to find out all that is going on around Eastern Michigan athletics. A busy week that it was. Let's take a look back before we get you set on the goings-on this week. Last week, it was uh, uh, women's golf and men's golf that got the week started. Uh, The men were in Skokie, Illinois. They finished 11th at the Wyndham Memorial. Meanwhile, the women's golf team picked up a fifth-place finish for first-year head coach Stephanie Jennings as they uh, are back home next Monday and Tuesday, they'll get the Shirley Spork Invitational going at Eagle Crest. We'll talk plenty more about that, but plan your calendars right now. A second time that we've had women's golf at home at Eagle Crest. They'll be coming up on the 7th and 8th. Soccer had a split weekend. They win at Akron 1-0, but fall with just a second to go in overtime to Buffalo. They're back home this week. Meanwhile, it was also a split weekend for volleyball. They fell at Ball State on Friday with, before coming back and getting a sweep of Toledo to buoy their record on the year. So good efforts by them. And then we also had cross country. They were in action. Women's team was in South Bend. Uh, and a eighth place finish for Sue Parks and her club as they're in the midst heavy of their season right now. We'll also talk a lot of football this week. It'll be a football-heavy show. EMU coming off a overtime game against Northern Illinois. The Eagles fall just short, took three overtimes, and it's just the second time in NCAA FBS history that a team has taken another squad in three consecutive years to overtime. Had Coach Chris Creighton and his group falling just short in the third frame. This week's uh, schedule looks like this. Men's golf in action right now at the Firestone Invitational. They're in action Monday and Tuesday in that. Women's soccer at home on Thursday. They'll host Toledo at Cicluna Field at 4 o'clock start. And then you can attend some volleyball on Friday night, a 7 p.m. start as the Northern Illinois Huskies will be in the building. You can also catch that game right on ESPN3 if you can't make it out. And volleyball back on Saturday, a 5 p.m. start against Western Michigan. They'll be here while the football team will be in Kalamazoo to take on Western at high noon at Waldo Stadium. It'll be Scott Weatherby's EMU Athletic Director's return to Kalamazoo, his first home game truly out there for, of course, the Kalamazoo product. And then women's soccer rounds out the week, a 1 p.m. start against Sunday on Sunday at Bowling Green. So a busy week ahead here for EMU Athletics. When you're looking for a ride, don't forget Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's Trinity Transportation or 877 877- 824-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation partner of Eastern Michigan Athletics. We told you it was a football-heavy show. We'll start off on the football side of things. Head coach Chris Creighton is my guest on our weekly uh, chat, 
And then we'll hear from Kyle Rockwall. He was part of Nicole Remedios' talk this week as she gets you set with a first installment uh, in a while of Peanuts Gallery. She has uh, been out, but back now, and she'll sit down with Kyle, a 16-tackle performance to get to know the Lapeer native a little bit more. And then I'll have another chat with Eastern Michigan Vice President and Director of Athletics, Scott Weatherby, over a multitude of topics ranging from just really the game day atmosphere now at Rhinierson Stadium and the Convocation Center to also his trip back to Kalamazoo this weekend. So without delay, let's get right down to business and hear from the Eastern football coach himself, and that's Chris Creighton. Flip the page once again, Eastern Michigan uh, trying to move on from a heartbreaking loss to Northern Illinois. Third straight year they've lost to the Huskies in the extra frame, joined alongside the 50 year head coach, and that's Chris Creighton. I know that these losses aren't fun, but they certainly build character for your team, and your team has shown they can stand with the, the best throughout the country. Now it's just getting that one play to finish. Yeah, it's, it you know it, it it comes down to one play, but obviously there's you know when you go through it, there's there's a number of plays um, you know throughout the game that um, you know need need to be made, uh, and I, I promise you, there's not a guy you know in that locker room or uh, in our program uh, or a coach that uh, you know doesn't want it in a you know, really, really, really bad way. And, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to keep at it. You know, there's, there's really no other option. Um, you, you just, you keep believing and you keep fighting and you keep getting better. And that's what we're going to do. Offensively, you were able to move the ball. The first couple of possessions you had it, Chad Ryland, a 29 yard field goal, uh, to get the scoring started. And then Lene Latu, a 34 yard touchdown strike from Tyler Wiegers. You're up 10, nothing. Uh, but all of a sudden, as once was we expect, the Huskies with some fight to get back in it, they tie it, take the lead right before half. What was your message going into that halftime break? Uh, you know, it, we knew it was going to be uh, a 60-minute game. I, you know, I need to start doing overtime calculations, I guess. Um, you know, always remind them about the turnover takeaway ratio uh, and the you know the importance of special teams. Um, and so there, there's really no rah-rah at halftime. You know, we're trying to chalk up what things that we need to execute better um, and uh, just, you know, make sure that we got our guys are together and, and ready to go. So um, not a whole lot in terms of speeches at halftime. Defense had to play a lot of football. Uh, they forced six three and outs, but the offensive effort uh, was not able to, to keep up pace, kept them on the field a lot. And I know in your press conference you talked about guys having to be on the field a lot of plays. 92 plays was what you mentioned Jalen Pickett was on the field. That For those guys conditioning to be able to stay with it that long is a monumental thing for what your strength and conditioning staff and athletic training staff are also able to do. It's a good point. You know, our, our guys played an inordinate amount of plays on defense and played uh, incredibly hard and very effective. They took the ball away three times um, and uh, just battled and battled and battled and battled and battled and, and um, um, really executed the game plan well. Um, and uh, uh, really, really proud of their effort. And, um, you know, it's uh, 
when you have something like that, you know, it's you know, it's hard to know what to say to those guys, you know, in the locker room, you know, other than going to continue to to give them my a- absolute best. Just want so badly for those guys to, um, you know, have that uh, the sweet feeling of of victory and success. And um, offensively, you know, we didn't turn the ball over. And, and even though, you know, that the second and third quarters, uh, you know, we were um, ineffective, um, you know, in our in our production, um, you know, the, the, the thing that I take out of it is that when we need since our defense kept us in the game at the very end, you know, we drove down the field to give ourselves a chance to kick a field goal to tie the game. Um, and when that didn't come to fruition, we got the, the ball back late and went down the field again and, you know, gave ourselves a chance to kick a field goal to tie the game to take it into overtime. And so, you know, even for a, a you know, a, a frustrating night offensively, um, again, our guys would not lay down. I mm-hmm. mean, they just they battled and, and gave us a chance in the first overtime, you know, went down and scored. So um, there are positives um, to take out of this game. Um, and then there are certainly things that, you know, we, we have to get better at. Yeah, you're still the only NCAA FBS school not to have allowed a third quarter score this year to an FBS opponent. The only team that has scored on Eastern Michigan this year in the second half, in the, or excuse me, in the third quarter, has been Monmouth. And you look at it, your red zone defense right now, they've had thir- uh, 21 opportunities, only 13 scores against. Some names on there that people stare at, Alabama, Virginia Tech, Wisconsin, have not done as good a job against as your team has in the red zone. Well, we, we've talked about it before. <clears throat> as good as our defense was last year, you know, that was maybe one – uh, statistical category that you know we didn't feel good about uh, was our our red zone defense and so um, you know you try to try to address that I know that coach Nethery and our defensive coaches talked a lot about that and um, you know we're most of the time you know whatever you emphasize you, you get um, and I know we've spent spent time um, with our with our red zone defense and it sure is off to a good start. Last year, people talked about punting. Jake Julian comes on, emerges as the punter this week, named the Mid-American Conference Special Teams Player of the Week in the West Division for the second time this year. Uh, And the growth that he's had from a year ago, from being a kid that you just wanted to rugby punt, to now, uh, when you send him out there, he can still do it a multitude of different ways. He can. he's, He's becoming... Um, a, a good weapon for us and you know you hit the nail on the head is that we really challenged him to be able to um, expand his his punting game to incorporate you know just regular punting and not having to rugby um, still use the rugby um, and, and, and want and need to be multiple with different looks that you get and whatnot and he works on his he's worked on his craft and um, he's he's really becoming a good punter this week, your opponent, the Western Michigan Broncos, they're coming in after uh, defeating Miami 40-39, to 39, have won their last three straight. Uh, and you head to Kalamazoo, a team that you've yet to knock off in your tenure here in Ypsilanti, but a Bronco team that is certainly much improved after their first two weeks against Syracuse and Michigan, where they were allowing a lot of points and not putting up a whole lot. Yeah, so, you know, so much of that is 
is you know the opponent uh, and that that gets lost in a lot of things in terms of you look at NIU I mean we're watching film and watching them play against Utah and a phenomenal defense in Iowa and a phenomenal defense and in Florida State with you know all the talented athletes that they have and whatnot you know and they come in here one and three um, but uh, you know they're playing some pretty good people um, you know and so uh, you know, we we don't get caught up in just all the statistics. We we know um, by watching film, you know what what teams are capable of, and um, this is a good football team we're playing. They like to be able to run the football, but they certainly can also chuck it around the yard a whole lot. Their quarterback, second year, and a guy you faced last year, but he's coming off a 439 yard performance and five TDs. Uh, what can you do to contain them? How do you balance that knowing that if they want to throw, they can, but also have a talented core of running backs as well? Yeah, I, I still think it does start with, with their rushing attack. Um, you know, they've got very talented backs and, um, you know, they've they've had a good offensive line ever since that I've been here. And um, But then they do have weapons outside, you know, and I think he does a good job of getting the ball um, to those weapons. And uh, keeps people honest in the in the run game. Um, he's he's doing a good job leading that offense. And I know as we get you out of here, your last question. Uh, sitting around a hotel, we've had a lot of late night kicks as of late. I'm I'm a guy that likes to get up and go with with college football. Back at noon start this week. How does that change things for you in preparation? Not to have to sit around a hotel all day. Well, how how many uh, noon kicks have we had this year? One. Who was that against? Purdue. I think we'll try to follow that game plan. Coach, best of luck this weekend in Kalamazoo. Thank you. Earlier today, Eastern Michigan found out that its football game time against Toledo will be set for straight up noon. It'll be made in the mitten day as well as band day when the Rockets invade Rainierson Stadium. That's Saturday, October 13th when Toledo comes to town. Now, everybody's favorite installment, it's Peanuts Gallery. Cole Remedios this week sits down with Eastern Michigan Mike Linebacker in Kyle Rockwall. Kyle, a fifth-year senior, kid that's already graduated and certainly has done a lot for this program in his tenure, uh, and a really good guy that I've gotten to know as well. As you look at what he's done, coming off a 16-tackle performance, two for loss, had an interception, and uh, really spent a ton of time on the field as right now he's produced tackle for loss in four out of the Eagles five contests this year so without delay here's Nicole for this week's Peanuts Gallery. Hi everyone it's Nicole Remedios and we're back with Peanuts Gallery and today we're joined with Kyle Rockwall. Hi Kyle. Hey how you guys doing? (laughs) Um, So just to start off with some few questions where are you from? I'm from uh, Lapeer, Michigan. It's about an hour and 15 minutes away. It's about like 15 minutes out of uh, Flint. Okay, so not too far away. Give uh, your family some time to come and watch you play. How's that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They, they make it out to every game, and especially for my senior year. So got a lot of support, and that means a lot. So shout out mom and dad. All the love. <laughs> Appreciate it. Nice. Okay. Um, also, you had a... You played four years here at EMU, and you now have four interceptions after last weekend. Good job, by the way. Appreciate it. Um, did you ever play a position besides linebacker? Yeah, so I actually, in uh, high school, I actually had offers to play tight end. Oh, cool. Um, 
but I decided that uh, the best for my future was to play linebacker on the defensive side of the ball. So I actually, like I said, did play did play tight end on the offensive side of the ball. Yep. Well, you're pretty good at it. Also, you have two and a half career sacks. Quick question: How do you have half a sack? <laughs> I guess I've just. I think what happens is someone jumps on them first, and then I just want to be a part of the party. Oh, okay. So I jump in there too, and they give me half a sack. I think Not that's a bad what, deal. Uh, that's how <laughs> Greg hooks me up with it. So I think that's how it works. Shout out to Greg. <laughs> um, quick question: You also have a lot of tattoos. What's your favorite, and why? Um, I don't know if I really have a favorite because they all serve a meaning and a purpose. Um, I don't know. Maybe I guess you could say my favorite is the one that's on the back of my arm, and it says Zangudel Mio Cordo, which means blood of my heart in Italian. Wow. And uh, my grandma used to call me that before she passed away. Um, so I got it in memory of her, and I guess that one serves. I mean, like I said, they all serve a lot of yeah. purpose, a lot of meaning, but I would say that one got a close place to the heart. Oh, that one's sweet. Um, so it's your last year here at EMU. What's one thing you're going to take away from being here? Uh, I would say just the family feel. I mean, especially on the football team, a bunch of brothers, and then just throughout the whole uh, athletic community, I would say it's just a family feel. I mean, my my current uh, girlfriend, her name is Reagan. She was a... Hey, a, Reagan. <laughs> shout out, Reagan. Um, she was a two-time captain on the track and field team absolute stud and obviously in the athletic community so I think we're all pretty tight and close-knit yeah nice okay some hard-hitting questions coming up okay. some would you rathers oh boy Here are you go. ready okay would you rather live without the internet or live without ac or heating for the rest of your life live without the internet no no doubt in my mind <laughs> would you rather be able to teleport or read minds teleport i want to go see places i really don't care what people think <laughs> And then would you rather have an unlimited first-class ticket to anywhere or would you rather never have to pay for a meal at a restaurant? Okay, that was, that's a tough one. Yeah. That's a very tough one. Um, wow. <laughs> Making uh, you think. Yeah, no, that was, yeah, this is the most I've thought in a long time. <laughs> uh, probably, I, I love to eat, so it would have to be the unlimited food at restaurants because right. I would just mow down and go nuts. Where would you go first place? Probably like Ruth Chris or Real Seafood Company or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, I'd have to get my money's worth right off the bat. All right. And then do you have any advice to give someone who wants to become a student athlete at a Division One school? Uh, just work hard and take advantage of every opportunity. I mean, it's not uh, – it's a difficult thing to do, but it's, in my opinion, it's a pretty simple process. You just, you know, be talented, work harder than the person next to you. And uh, when the opportunities come, take advantage of them. Cool. All right. Thanks for joining us here, I'm Nicole Medios, and this was Peanuts Gallery. Being an athletic director is certainly not an easy task, trying to balance not only the day-to-day work, but being able to get out and meet with your student-athletes, a certain vital task, joined now by EMU's Vice President Director of Athletics, Scott Weatherby. Scott, year two, it's hard to imagine that it's already year two. I felt like we were just sitting down at one point and you were just hired, but a full year plus in, how difficult is it to try to, one, get to every place you need to be, but also memorize all the names of the 400-plus student-athletes? Yeah, I would say it's harder memorizing the names than it is getting getting to all the events. But, you know, I do what I can um, when it comes to getting to the events at home. I try to make every one that I can and uh, have a presence. And I try to have my family there as well and uh, have them involved. And, 
And so, sure, there are challenges, and depending on whether I travel with football or stay back, and um, but it's fun. I enjoy being around it, and, and you can ask our coaches my reactions to their scores and uh, things. Um, I try to stay in touch with them, whether they're on the road or not, but I react just like we score a touchdown when we score a goal, and, and it means a lot. I want to do well in our Reese and Jacoby points and, and having that and just seeing – our kids be successful. Um, and then the name part of it is really where I try to get out and meet with the teams, come to practice. I look at the rosters a lot to try to notice numbers with names. And then, you know, you start pecking one off at a, at a time and, until you start to learn more. So I know a handful on each team. I don't know everybody yet. And so I'm working on that. I think it's most important to try to get the seniors and, and juniors, and then I'll work on freshmen and sophomore. I have a little more time with them, but uh, but it's always a challenge, but I, but I enjoy it, and I just love being around the student-athletes. Certainly, you're, you've implemented a lot of different things in your, your tenure already. Everybody can see a difference in, in game day atmospheres all around, uh, and we've seen an increase in football attendance, and for the first time in many years, fireworks post-game, but just a, a multitude of different ways fans now can enjoy because it's not just the product on the field, it's the true environment surrounding the game as a whole. Yeah, I try to make every every one of ours, whether it's volleyball or a soccer match or, or coming to a football game, uh, is an event. You know, things something that they're going to remember. And I can't control a win or a loss on the field, but I can control the environment and, and the atmosphere and, and doing that. So I think it's really important to – you know, have it so you're entertaining throughout. And so we focus on pregame. What are we doing to entertain? What are we doing during breaks? Uh, what can we do at halftime? Certainly the band's a big part of it, which I really appreciate them and, and uh, their hard work they put in. And I know a lot of our fans enjoy them as well. But, you know, adding the wrinkles of the lights or having fireworks or adding smoke just adds to the overall. It's something you can't get when you're sitting at home watching it on TV. And that's a big part of it is that – I want somebody that stayed home to miss not being there and being a part of that atmosphere. And uh, so that's kind of the things that we focus on uh, throughout the year. You can't always control what goes on in the field in terms of wins and losses. And you're human. How does a game like Saturday, uh, how do you, uh, it affect you? Because I know the coaches and staff are disappointed, but from an AD, you've got to be the positive guy saying, okay, it's one, just one game. Yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful that yesterday was kind of an off day for all of us because it was one of the lowest, lowest times for me. It was frustrating. I know it's frustrating for our student athletes and, and our coaches. And, you know, Coach Creighton and I talked about it this morning. Of It's kind of why you have a 24-hour rule. You, you've got to have it to uh, – we're all human. It would be bad if I went back and wasn't upset and disappointed and certainly disappointed for our fans. And, and then especially when you're trying to build – um, some excitement and stuff. You're doing a lot around the game and then have a loss. That, that That's frustrating. But you know what? We are competing. We're, we're a break here, a bounce there. We're right in every game. And, and I know that one of these times it's going to flip. And when it flips, we're all going to be ready for it and prepared. And so, hey, it's, it's past. You know, I kind of had my down day yesterday. Unfortunately, it had to be to my family's expense. Um, and so I try not to let it get to me too much. And then now we're ready to get back after it. It's a new week. Uh, we got new challenges, and 
you know, we look at all of our programs. Volleyball had a great weekend. Uh, soccer actually didn't have a bad weekend. They had a tough overtime loss, um, but one on Friday night. So we look at those things as well and, and keep it all in perspective. Another sport that gets underway, women's basketball started their practice schedule yesterday. Men's basketball gets going today. Uh, a lot of high expectations for both sides. I mean, you look at the men, they have been projected by a lot of preseason polls to win, and the women certainly have the talent that I don't think a lot of people are, are quite knowing about yet. We'll get fully into that, but basketball season will be here right before you know it. Season tickets already on sale. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think this is going to be a really exciting year. Obviously, football or our basketball basketball team coming off a 22 win season and making postseason uh, with just about everybody back and uh, I think we filled in some of the holes uh, that were left and you know I know coach is really excited about this year we put together a tough schedule for him but uh, I'm really excited about what's going to happen here in, in the combo for them and then talking to coach Castro you know I, him and I went out to lunch a few weeks ago and we were talking about the you know, the steps up from year one to year two, and then now it's year two to year three and kind of his expectations. And so I threw out a few, um, you know, win numbers and he's like, I think we can even be better than that. He's expecting a good year. He feels really good about his program and uh, they're starting to buy in. And you started to see it last year in January when they started to realize uh, what he was trying to uh, get them to do and they bought in and we started to get better as the year went on. And, you know, we put central, uh, Really close. Uh, you know, Central and Buffalo both went to the Sweet 16, and we gave Central all they could handle in the MAC championship game. So hopefully we can build off that. And I just hope a lot of people get behind both of the programs. And season tickets are on sale. It's an all-in-one package that you can come to all, all of our events. I believe we have 32 home dates or 31 home dates. So uh, we got a couple double headers in there, and uh, it's just—it's really good basketball. Mac has great basketball, and I just want to create a great environment for our student athletes and have some fun with it, have that great atmosphere, and, and have some good crowds. I don't think people realize for just what eighty-five dollars you can get thirty-one home events. I mean, that doesn't come out to a whole lot when you, I know you're a former ticket guy, and you got to like uh, when you can get a whole lot of games for not a whole lot of coin. No, exactly, and and we're trying to get people to come out to the November and December games to see how talented we really are and then get the buy-in for them to come back for MAC action. And, and you're right, it, we're, we can make it affordable for families to actually come to our events. And, you know, we're, we're unique in that um, some of the other schools and universities have higher ticket prices and kids can't necessarily go. We want kids to come. We want this to be a family atmosphere and kind of have that niche of just coming and having a good time. Final moments here with Scott Weatherby, Eastern Michigan's Director of Athletics. Uh, you look across the way as we sit right now in your office, and there's a, a big open hole where the team building used to be. Uh, construction's still ongoing, even on this rainy day. But uh, before long, we'll be staring across at, at a facility that has been long overdue for Eastern Michigan Athletics. Yeah, you're right. It's been, uh, you know, the Convocation Center was built 20 years ago, and really that's the last major building project that we have done for our student athletes. And so this is really needed. Uh, and this is just phase one of multiple phases that need to happen uh, for all of our programs. And certainly this is a big piece for our football program, but it also will affect, uh, there's a domino effect to that. And the weight room that we're putting in and the sports medicine will be for all of our student athletes. And then moving our football coaches out of the convo and into their own uh, facility in the building being able to open up and free up space here to bring our baseball coaches over, bring our tennis coaches over so we can all be together uh, is really important to the process. And then just being able to provide this 
first-class facilities for our student-athletes, something that they really deserve and they work hard at, and I'm glad that we're able to uh, finally do that. And, and then I'm excited about hopefully in the next few months being able to talk about what does Phase 2 or possibly a Phase 3 look like and, and how all of our student-athletes can benefit in all of our sports. And then last question for you. A return to Kalamazoo this weekend on the football side of things, a place that uh, you got your career started at, Kathy Beauregard, but a homecoming. How special will it be to walk into Waldo on Saturday? Yeah, it's going to mean a lot. Uh, it gives me goosebumps talking about it because, uh, you know, all my high school buddies have reached out. Uh, my dad and sister are still living there. And, and so I'll spend some time with them and go over on Friday night. And, and then just to see everybody, there's, um, you know, a handful of people I haven't seen in 25 years that are um, have reached out in different ways and said, hey, I want to come meet up. And, and then Western Michigan uh, Athletics, there's six or seven people that still work in the department that worked there when I was there in 1997. And uh, so I look forward to seeing them. I got to see a, a few of them at a basketball game last year, but it'll be special being there. And then uh, Kathy Beauregard and her husband Rick have been just outstanding to me, and so I look forward to seeing them. So it is, it's homecoming for them. It's also a homecoming for me, and, and uh, hopefully we can – find a way to get the win there be a good way to get a win and also a good way to give some t-shirts away to some people as well if they want to follow you especially on blocky friday is a good way to get some eastern swag that's exactly right i want to see as many people uh reach out uh where you're blocky on friday and we're trying to work on getting campus and our students doing it but anybody in our community and if i see it we're giving away prizes and uh, we want to make sure that everybody wears their blocky on friday scott thanks again for your time appreciate it as always all right thanks for having me Well, that'll do it for this week's installment of the Eastern Podcast. I appreciate everybody tuning in. And I know it's not quite the same without Kyler, but we certainly hope uh, he is feeling up to it. And he'll join me again next week as we get you set for another busy week inside Eastern Michigan Athletics. And once again, we thank our fine sponsor, Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. You too can give them a call right now at 877-284-4200 or visit trinitytransportation.com. For our entire group, Chris Creighton, Nicole Romedios, Kyle Rockwall, and Scott Weatherby, I'm Greg Stenner saying thanks for listening to this week's Eastern Insider Podcast. For more information, visit the newly updated emueagles.com.